Or presents Everybody Comes to Hanks. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. Yeah, see? Yeah, I got Gam. Gam's going from here to the end of the episode. Gam's. Oh, I love this episode. It's my new character, Noir Boy. <laughs> it's my new character. Just, just it mostly speaks in in, in honks. Uh, could be played by a duck or an especially placid goose. Um, or the shopkeeper from Monster Train. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're talking about the big noir episode. We are. Everybody yeah. comes to Hanks. A uh, reference to the uh, play that Casablanca was based on. Everybody yeah. comes to Rick's. Yeah, uh, but instead of Tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was written by Doc Hammer, originally aired October 3rd, 2019. And this is a big lore episode. It is. Not just a big gimmick episode. Yeah, uh, things happen here. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy it, uh, particularly because this is a strange structure for an episode as well. It's not just kind of built around a uh, visual and stylistic gimmick, uh, but it is all a plot. Uh, this mm-hmm. is this is entirely focused on uh, Hank trying to learn the truth of who Dermot's dad is, uh, mm-hmm. and he learns it. It's just uh, it's 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 not anything acceptable. Let's say. <laughs> I uh, there, there's a couple little nitpicks I have with this one mm-hmm. uh, in ter- in terms of that stuff, and we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, and there's and and like every Doc Hammer episode, there's a really long joke I would cut or a really mm-hmm. long sequence. Uh, and this one being the low speed chase. Oh man, uh, I love the again, low speed chase. A joke that was hackneyed in like mid nineties. Yeah, The Simpsons did it. I suppose very gradually getting away. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, but we talked about uh, noir. Hank uh, gets to the bottom of this mystery uh, by dressing up like a film noir private eye, um, and as we've established before, because he so thoroughly believes in the power of costumes. Um, he inhabits the role and he becomes competent mm-hmm. in it. Uh, he, he gets, he gets confident. It's good. Yeah. He changes the world around him. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, somewhat arbitrarily, they pair him up with the alchemist, uh, <laughs> but it's a really good pairing. It's it very is. fun. Yeah. Um, I'm always happy to have more alchemist. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, uh, again, the, the characters in this who are just kind of game to go along, like just mm-hmm. to tears alchemist proving himself to be a good friend it's like ah, i'm i'm bored but like let's let's just kind of go into it let's put our back into it yeah they're all fun yeah uh you know billy playing along everyone <laughs> playing along um there's interesting production detail on this as well uh this was originally going to be um in the same episode as the next episode bright lights dean city mm-hmm. um as a how i spent my summer vacation type of episode but jackson who sounds so fucking depressed on the commentaries for the last couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah, he really does. He's real <laughs> down on himself. It's uh, no, it, it's yeah. it's coming, it's coming through. Uh, it's coming through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is after you know it's all done. He's uh-huh. doing the commentary. The episodes are out. He just sounds so sad. Yeah, de- 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 uh, defeat, defeated. Really, uh, he couldn't finish his half of the episode. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and he liked uh, the stuff Doc was writing. He's like, "You're obviously having a ball with this. Just finish it." Mm-hmm. You know, just do this as a whole episode. Yeah. Uh, Doc had originally pitched this idea to Jackson before 
um, you know, as a, a film noir exploration of who Dermot's dad was. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they didn't ever end up doing it, so he decided to roll with it. Yeah, he, there's a really well observed bit in the commentary where he's like, whenever you try to sell but something on somebody, something on someone, you really actually want to do it yourself. Yep. <laughs> you know, uh, and he just decided to do it. Yeah. Uh, and this is full of a lot of detail from old detective movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. I'm a sucker for that. Like film noir is one of those things where the stylistic pastiche just kind of got overdone. Um, of people yeah. who were genuinely affectionate of it were kind of doing just kind of doing it uh, around uh, around this time and like in the early 2010s or whatever. But like this is heartfelt and genuinely kind of in love with the language of those movies, uh, both visual mm-hmm. and verbal. And uh, yeah, I, I think that this rings as genuine to me uh, and Hank delivering these lines uh, and alchemist confusion uh, around them is uh, incredibly charming. Yeah, it, the, I think that part's super charming. It doesn't feel very noir to me. It just feels black and white and, yeah. and full of nonsense language. Like this feels a little bit like a, uh, it doesn't feel like an homage so much as like just kind of grabbing a couple elements. And, to I mean, parts. to a degree, it's got the femme fatale and like the twist on this is it just just, ex- just strictly ex- exactly pulled out of Chinatown. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, what it made me realize is that it's not the plots or the language that I like in noir. Mm-hmm. It's atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is not something the Venture Brothers really trucks in, which is okay. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. really want it to. Mm-hmm. Like, th- this is the Venture Brothers drop- dressed up as noir, like Hank is dressing up mm-hmm. as a detective. Um, as opposed to something where I'm actually getting, like... Like whatever this is, is not what I like about noir. Yeah. It's not like dark city is what I like about noir. Mm-hmm. Like I want that mood and foreboding kind of feeling to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the language I think is silly. And the, this episode thinks that as well. Yes. Which I like, I've never thought that that sounded cool. No, I've always no. thought that it sounded ridiculous. And so does the, this, this episode, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, they were afraid of this episode. It was a pretty big gamble in their minds. Um, both because of that kind of gimmick feeling like it might have been mm-hmm. a little bit too sticky uh but also uh gonna reveal what happens at the end of this kind of the the reveal um uh it, it, it like it's built into rusty's character that he inadvertently committed statutory rape yeah uh and we'll we'll talk about that scene yes. as well uh that that is a, a controversial scene and stuff like that um the uh so they were they were real worried about this because it's pretty serious subject matter yeah. for the venture brothers mm-hmm. yeah um yeah, and we'll we'll get into Hank's reaction and all that stuff. All that and more as the episode <laughs> continues. Um, there was one major cut thing in this. Uh, Pete White was going to play along with Billy uh, doing this and dress up as a newsie, uh, mm-hmm. this kind of shoeshine boy, under a bridge waiting for Hank to give him a clue and Hank would never show up. Um, little cut bit that never happened. Didn't have room for it because I had to do conservatively 20 minutes of that slow speed chase. I suppose. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It just really bothered me. I okay. watched this episode twice for the show because I watched it last week getting ahead. Mm-hmm. I watched it again earlier and I'm just like, man, every doc episode, there's like a full minute I would cut because I don't think it's funny or good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's real weird. Hmm. Um, the last episode, it, it was fine. Uh-huh. Like I, I didn't, there wasn't anything else I wanted instead. Uh, right. In this right. one, there was stuff I wanted instead. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. Yeah, so <laughs> Rusty is leaving Hank alone um, for a few days as uh, he takes Dean to New York. Uh, Hank is not allowed to use the stove. Uh, and when he makes his steakums, he's going to have to do them in the microwave, although that renders yep. them inedible. Like, if we did this episode 
if we did the show four years ago, we'd have to explain what Steakums were. <laughs> now they're social media darlings and everyone knows a Steakum. Yeah, because brands are your friends is uh, yeah. is is the takeaway. The shaved meat treat. It can't be beat. <laughs> uh, I've eaten a Steakum in my day. My mom used to buy me Steakums. They're yeah. weird. It's, it, uh, I, I've never, so I've never had a Steakum and I am sure that I, you know, I, I eat plenty of revolting processed food, you know, just basically it's country time. Nothing close to a lemon's ever been in it, yeah. you know, but, uh, but, but the Steakum itself has always, always looked a little bit like a, like a, like dog food, like it, like something for a dog to me. It, it's more like it, it's got, you know, there, there's distinct shapes. Like when I think of a dog food, I think of like a paste. Okay. You know, or like a gruel. These are definitely little strips of meat. It, it's more like a microwaved, like beef jerky hmm. kind of experience. Like, like those, those, those wide, you know, noodle beef jerkies. <laughs> Can I get something in like a microwave. wide jerky? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dean doesn't want to go. He's embarrassed that he's wearing his dad's uh, polyester suit. <laughs> Um, showing up to, in New York dressed as the Jamaican flag. Um, the uh, So he's heading to New York uh, for his internship where you get paid an experience and an impressive resume. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Hank says he's going to find a job, but he's definitely going to be making money. And he's not going to be working for the man. Yeah. Um, really weirdly, Rusty uh, pulls the, when he's looking at his potential jobs, it's not like a notebook that Hank has. It's mm-hmm. a want ads. Yeah. Uh, with all these things circled and he's like, Oh yeah, I see you've already crossed out fire eater, traveling race car salesman and gigolo, which <laughs> makes me think what's up with these one ads <laughs> you know, published in the paper. Huh? Yeah. I didn't notice that detail uh, yeah. for, for a gigolo in Minecraft. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, the, the, the allure uh, of the gigolo, uh, the life of the gigolo, uh, the, you know, it kind of, kind of lost some of its shine for Hank when he found out it had nothing to do with gelato. So, yeah. I love. Yeah. Uh, very cute. Uh, Dermot's hanging out, keeping him out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's got a job. He claims he works as a ninjutsu instructor, uh, but they, they call uh, Hank calls him out. He actually wears the big padded suit for a rape prevention class. <laughs> um, very funny. Horrible yeah. job. Yeah. That would be. <laughs> he's just getting beat up for a living. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, Hatred hurries them along. He does not want to fly the X-1 after dark uh, because he gets confused uh, between the headlights and the lasers, and he does not want to inadvertently blow anything up again. Um, mm-hmm. and they're going to be gone for four night for four days. Um, uh, they're going to be staying the extra, the extra day cause hatred got music man tickets of all the mm-hmm. shows you could see when you're in New York watching the music be- man. Mm. I'd very, very yeah. funny. This is a, a low key, great hatred episode <laughs> later when he becomes the, the hash mm-hmm. or in the hash house and they're making eggs. I love that. Yeah. He's, there's a there's a delivery that it sounds like jackson got kicked in the shin or something as he's giving it it's really good um rusty says you know you have four days to get a job uh mm-hmm. and that's our little cut to the uh the title screen yeah um we're cutting to the end of the summer we we cut past that when when rusty comes back basically yeah um where uh hatred is at hank's job which is hank Superworld. <laughs> Uh, the Hanko Cafe within the Hanko Superworld, mm-hmm. which I love. The menu on this thing's fucking incredible. Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah. Corn chip mountain, a quarter pound of corn chips slathered with hot American cheese. Our, our chef's specialty. 
I love the cheese plate, American cheese sliced hot the way you like it. <laughs> the way you like it is so yeah. good. Um, oh my gosh, what's what's the other one? Bread balls. We begin by hand by hand rolling white bread into little balls and end by serving you them. <laughs> it's really funny. There's just something about the about again about the wording of that. It's just like by serving you them. <laughs> yeah, really good. Uh, I also like that. I love Dermot being the the waiter. Uh huh. He's kind of being game. He's got a little bit of that adventure in him. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, he's a uh, he he's he hatred says like, what's a pop top? And they shave the top part of the pop tart and it's served on a crumbled bed of the rest of the pop tart. Yep. That's <laughs> really good. It is like, it is so perfectly observed for like a little kid making his own like making his own restaurant based out of things that he can do himself. You know, this is what you would cook if you couldn't use the stove, right? And you were eleven. Yeah. <laughs> like, not, not if you were like seventeen. Right. Right. <laughs> um so Rusty is back uh and he's skeptical. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't what he had in his mind. Uh, and Hank is still just playing along. Like, so you've seen our fine collection of remote controls. If you leave your address, we'll let you know when you get more in stock. Uh, they're just, he's just selling his dad's stuff back to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's smart. He's selling him the remotes, but he also has to buy his batteries separately. It's a mm-hmm. out. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, whenever somebody goes to a new, a new counter, Hank has to go and like put on a new hat uh to serve mm-hmm. them uh as we see when or- when orpheus shows up ringing the bell he needs to get his uh he needs to get his child support documents changed and hank as a notary <laughs> yeah i love it uh there there's uh they're, when they're talking about that uh this is where al reveals that his boyfriend kicked him out mm-hmm. he's now living with orpheus uh and hank's like you see a lot in my line of work uh which <laughs> i really love again just yeah not me i got a girl back home you know yep. when the venture brothers do that i think it's very funny mm-hmm uh dermot uh is trying to get a hold of uh his sister because he can't get his get a hold of his mom mm-hmm. and he needs a ride yeah um so that's gonna gonna set things up um hank takes the case <laughs> you know he immediately says oh it's a missing person's case person uh case mm-hmm. um pours himself some whiskey and puts on his hat and everything goes black and white mm-hmm. when he does this i love when he takes a drink of the of the quote-unquote whiskey and goes smooth <laughs> yeah it's apple juice yeah which is very funny oh my gosh um and he immediately like leans in with the noir language so what's the score badger game blow some cabbage on a dirty bang tail get busy on get, get dizzy on some jasper's dame yeah there we go very very good uh for this uh this is where uh you know dermot talks to him and hank's like oh my oh my glory uh dermot is brock's kid mm-hmm. yeah um so we need to find I'll out if that is true. So this has gone from missing from missing persons to paternity. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the alchemist shows up and knocks on the wall. Uh, Hank has him in. Um, he's talking about, you know, there's nothing to do with, you know, when you moved with Orpheus, he didn't tell him there's nothing open after 830. Um, you know, what are you doing? And he ends up joining. He's always wanted to be a girl Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he's way into the noir thing as well. So he's going to join him on the fictal uh, case here. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, Hank explains, yes, Dermot's mom uh, came and picked him up. Like, that's not the case anymore. Uh, you know, Dermot uh, thinks that uh, that Brock is his dad. And Al also wonders, like, OK, well, th- does he also kill small animals? Like, is that the disturbing secret that you learned? Again, because Dermot yeah, is, Hank is like, I know, right? Yeah, like, Hank, <laughs> I thought Hank so, too. Also, you know, yeah. Some self-awareness when he has the hat on. Yeah. Oh. Um, the. Uh, this is where my, my, my favorite micro joke in this, uh, Al's like, why do you have a whip? He's like, game with the hat. It's a detective's whip. <laughs> it's a detective's uh, whip. 
Indiana Jones costume. Yeah, that's where you, that's where a kid would get a would get a fedora, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Al is in on this uh, out of boredom, but also like it's a like a juicy gossip kind of thing. Like we we have to know, you know. Yeah. Um, and Nikki approaches. Uh, it is uh, it is Dermot's uh, attractive sister. Shows up saying like, "Hey, you know, like where, where where's uh, where's my brother?" And uh, you know, the sexy noir saxophone music comes in, and she's you know uh, bummed out because he didn't tell her that he was leaving. She drove all this way out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, she asks what they're up to. Hank's like, "You know, scram doll. This is too dangerous." Mm-hmm. You know, and she's just kind of amused by this. Yeah. Um, you know, thanks for keeping Dermot out of, tr- out of trouble. And he's like, Dermot's a good kid. He'll apologize. <laughs> yeah. You know, if he doesn't apologize to you, I'll make him get you flowers. Mm-hmm. And she says, uh, Dermot's not going to apologize for anything. So why don't you stop by with the flowers? Yeah. And Al sees this power of the hat. Yes. Uh, like, Hank, that was so smooth. Like, that's so unlike you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? He's like, I know, right? I've had a crush on Nikki forever. <laughs> And uh, this this gets Al to commit further. You know, I'm I'm with you until we solve this case, or I get completely bored doing it. <laughs> Which is uh, a real master shake kind of line. Yeah. Um. So we we cut to Hank and Al driving on the highway. Al is in his pinstripe suit with a fedora. He also wears a little costume. <laughs> um. They're hitting the dives and the flop houses, looking for info on Dermot's mom. You know, so they they are going to the strip club. Uh, etc. They're checking, talking to uh, homeless people under the bridge and stuff. Yeah, no. Um, and he's he's doing his his uh, his narration here. And we have the kind of luck that turns a professional gambler into an amateur murderer. That's a great line. Yep. Um, your basic boob ain't too keen on dicks, and when a bum sees a dick coming, you don't stick around for the credits. <laughs> uh, and this we the cuts to them having the actual conversation with Brock and Shoreleave, and Shoreleave just loving the double entendres. It's like what about a bum who doesn't like a dick coming, and I love uh, Brock just like drop it, <laughs> just like no, <laughs> like, no, he doesn't. He doesn't know what he's saying. <laughs> don't corrupt, yeah, don't corrupt this boy. Yeah. Oh, so everybody that uh, that Hank talked to, you knew who Miss, Mrs. Fictal was. You know, showed showed pictures, uh, but nobody, uh, you know, nobody admitted to sleeping with her. Uh, and Brock, you know, reacts like, "Ah, geez, you know, just uh, definitely not my type." Are you sure that she said that I that, that I was, uh, you know, I was the dad? Like, does this this, this yeah. doesn't add up? This wouldn't be wouldn't you know, that it doesn't make sense. I've never been that drunk. I've never been that desperate. Yes. Um, you know, surely ask Al why he's staring at him. And Al's like, I, this is weird. Have we slept together before? Surely he's like, uh, no. Would mm-hmm. you like to? <laughs> um, immediately. Uh, and, and Hank says something like stop eyeballing the, the swish or something like that. The Nance stop eyeballing the Nance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, and Brock, uh, you know, shuts it down. So nothing's adding up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so over at the mall, uh, Dermot's doing the old, uh, doing the old shoplifting trick of uh taking the trash out uh but uh he has put video games in the trash bag and uh pocketing them before he throws it away um when the car rolls up al al walks up and uh dermot starts to run starting the uh the 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 low speed chase uh with Mm -hmm. dermot uh grabbing a shopping cart and uh like a kick riding it while al hops onto a rascal scooter uh to keep up yeah and I, i i can i can be the outlier on this i'm fine I don't care if people who are listening agree or anything like that. I mm-hmm. hate this scene. I think it is it like is. It, it is it, it is laughs. it is well put. It, like I I like that it is well put together. Like they actually made it look like a film noir chase kind of deal. You know, like when he goes over the speed bump and he just uh, he, he gets air on it. Uh, the music mm-hmm. sells this as well too. Like the music in this is really good. Uh, for I mean, uh, uh, all around. Music. But uh, what's up? 
it's authentic music. They, yeah, they took it from actual old noir movies. Yeah, it's from the uh, it is from the Turner Library. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think yeah. so like, you know, stylistically, I think that, that this is well put together. I never thought it was like funny. It was just, you know, there. You got to have a chase scene in a noir thing. It just ends up feeling like a pacing killer to me. Yeah. Like I, the um, there's a, he throws a baguette at him and it misses. It lands in his cart. Doesn't really do anything. Uh, Dermot goes off a ramp and, and falls off. Yeah. Um, Al walks up. He's like, you know, uh, immediately Dermot says they were going to throw those games away anyway. It's not shoplifting. <laughs> um, and uh, Alice says, oh, I'm not malice security. Um, Hank walks up, you know, and, uh, you know, the uh, uh, basically uh, Dermot, you know, makes fun of him, says like, hey, you're just playing along with these kid games. And Alice says, ah, you know, I was dumped and I'm bored mm-hmm. here. Uh, and Hank is still playing the tough guy. Yeah. Like. You, yeah. know, you tell us the truth or Al is going to make your dentist a rich man. And Al is like, oh, what? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I get it. <laughs> Again, he's saying it's so stupid that it takes time to put it together. All right. Okay. So we're going to mm-hmm. give you, going to re- rearrange your teeth for you. Um, Hank gets up in a Dermot's face, um, you know, insulted that Dermot would have lied about Brock is the sense that I get, you know, like when you just, yeah. you know, why would you go around slinging that kind of, you know, that, that kind of foul, foul lie. Dermot says, no, like the, the, that's literally just what my mom told me. You know, I'm not lying to you. I'm just saying what I know. Yeah. She gave me this. <laughs> um and it's a it's a fob like a, a key with the venture compound mm-hmm. logo um the uh al is like hey you know hank don't make you punch a kid <laughs> uh you know and then dermot's like like you really could you look like danny devito's penguin mm-hmm. uh and he punches him really hard in the stomach which i like because dermot's a shit <laughs> yeah. uh, and the alchemist is awesome yep <laughs> um yeah so hank tells al to go get the boiler which is the which is the car um and uh when he takes off the hat he apologizes you know everything goes back together he's like hey i'm really sorry that i made you punch a kid <laughs> or, mm. no, no he no he apologized to dermot sorry, saying I made, i'm really sorry yeah, i made a grown-up punch you, you. <laughs> yeah and he's like that's cool i actually stole those video games so i had it coming you know trying to save save yeah, face yeah yeah uh, there um, so Hank and L return to the cafe cafe. One of my low, low key, uh, favorite little bits of this, mm-hmm. uh, where Sergeant Hatred has taken it over. Yep. Uh, he's like, I was all I got to tell you, it's always been my secret dream to run a hash house. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we mostly serve eggs scrambled and with ketchup. <laughs> uh, and he, he was a cup of Joe, make that too. And he goes, coming right up. His <laughs> <laughs> voice cracks. Yeah. I'm so excited it's a really good little delivery oh man uh, i just I, I i love the like everybody is inhabiting these new roles and they're like happy and good at it you know mm-hmm. like yeah i could see you know hatred before you just just avoid the life with the osi and just like either post up at a denny's somewhere or like you know start a small town diner live a fulfilled life mm-hmm. you know cooking your scrambled eggs with ketchup yeah just eggs just ketchup <laughs> uh, uh-huh. watching it also uh you know, I'm not a man without stomach problems in general, but them talking when Billy says he's just been eggs with ketchup all morning, uh, my stomach turned really hard. <laughs> I of eating just tons of scrambled eggs with ketchup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty good after, after three on scrambled eggs. That, that's, that's like a max to, to two is generally, you know, what you want to do. Yeah. And with ketchup. Yeah. No, no ketchup. Uh, salt, salt and pepper, please. Yeah. Or like onions or something like, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, so do a scramble. 
uh-huh. but just scrambled eggs with ketchup. Like I even talking about right now is making me eat my mouth water with like craziness. <laughs> so it's <laughs> we can good. we can move on. Uh but hatred is uh hatred's found his duck. You know, it is what he yeah. is what he was born to do, uh albeit in a limited way and poorly. Um, and Al makes fun of, uh, or sorry, so Billy's here. He's like, he's in disguise, you know, he's got a hat on, he's been eating eggs all day. Uh, and he like whispers at them trying to get, uh, trying to get their, their attention. You know, he, he basically heard somebody's playing detective. I need to come along and get a piece of this, but he also knows something. Um, he has info mm-hmm. about Fictal, right? Uh, Al makes fun of him. He says, don't ruin this for me, Al, <laughs> which is like, no, just, yeah, we, we all have our opportunity to inhabit these roles. Just please don't, don't, don't throw water on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, he reveals that Nikki deals in antique toys mm-hmm. um, and collectibles. When you can't get something and you got a fistful of hot cabbage, you dial Nikki Fictal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is she a grifter? No, she's on the up and up. But yeah. that dame knows something. Uh, and he leaves a newspaper on the table. When Hank opens it up, he finds one of Nikki's cards. Yes. Um, Hank is back in his <laughs> office going over the evidence. He has a key uh, to his own front door, supposedly from Dermot's mom, Nikki's business card. And he decides to go visit Nikki. Al is depressed in Orpheus's kitchen waiting. This is like the next day. Um, you know, he's really distracted and he's like, you know, Hey, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. The bewitched question. And Orpheus goes, Oh, you mean, why didn't Samantha just make her and Darren rich? Mm-hmm. And Al goes, well, you know, yeah, but also, you know, I'm really upset about this Dermot thing. One of my superpowers is I can always tell when people tell the truth. No one's lying, but the facts don't lie line up. Yes. Yeah, this is the, the this is just a real uh, it, it is a real quandary. I could look into this. We could use our powers to, you know, just cut right to the truth. But is that the right thing to do? You know, and Orpheus you know, needs to start starts making sense, you know, saying, mm-hmm. you know, it's not our choice whether to have these powers or not. We shouldn't be afraid to use them for good. You know, there's no shame in that. Right. Um, and I'll, I'll ask like, so are you saying what I think you're saying? And he says, oh, I'd make Darren filthy rich, turn Mr. Tate into a donkey, tell Endor to get a life and blind that nosy Mrs. Kravitz. <laughs> I figured you could translate that for me uh, as a 30 year old grandfather. <laughs> so in the television show, Bewitched, Samantha is married to Darren. Uh, uh, okay. uh, uh, Darren is like an office worker and he's got a boss named Mr. Tate, who's a real jerk, where, you know, uses him, stalling, you know, just well, walks all over him. Right. So turn Mr. Tate into a donkey. Andorra is Samantha's Andorra Andorra is Samantha's uh, mom. So it's Darren's mother-in-law. She looks she looks down on uh, on Darren because she is really upset that uh, her her, that her daughter married a non-witch that she didn't marry a warlock. Uh, so is Andorra she, also a witch? Yes, Andorra is also a witch, uh, and she's very okay. uh, kind of like uptight and conceited, and always playing like magical tricks on Darren, just basically abusing him <laughs> because she sees okay. him as lesser. And Mrs. Kravitz is the uh, the nosy neighbor who lives across the street, who is always watching. She's like the neighborhood gossip, uh, watching and remarking to her husband Abner. Um, Abner Kravis, her name is Gladys, um, uh, remarking uh, about like, oh, like I saw stuff floating across the the, the living room. Abner, Abner, you know, uh, always uh, uh, trying to uh, basically snitch, convinced, knowing that uh, Samantha is a uh, is a witch. But uh, nobody believes her because obviously witches aren't real. And so you would blind her. Right. Can you, can you believe that that's what people used to have instead of video games? In the <laughs> like, the, the idea is just for like, I, I don't know how many episodes that probably got to syndication. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just, uh, you know, you married a witch. Nobody does anything about it. Mm-hmm. 
give me a hundred episodes. <laughs> no drama, please. Like yeah. no, no change, no drama, no nothing. Just, uh, what if the neighbor accidentally saw a teapot float? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we're dealing with this week. Yep. You know, just repulsive. And then they made <laughs> another show about it where the genie yeah, also yeah. does the same thing. And kind, kind of, you know? yeah. I mean, it's pretty similar, man. It's re- I mean, it's real similar, but there are the but there okay. are notable differences. Uh, there, there's a certain uh, there, there's a little bit less of a uh, uh, less less keeping secrets around it. Let's say. Does everyone know that the genie is a genie? Mm, certain people know that ge- that the genie is a genie. God, I just mm. <laughs> I hate that so much. I hate old TV shows. I know you do. Uh, I just at this point, it's starting to sound like your problem and not mine. So <laughs> I, I think well, I think the world agrees with me. We moved on from this shit. I know we moved on uh, because that's how time and media work. Okay, I know, but there's other things that are more timeless. I know. This. I understand. Gunsmoke. I know. <laughs> fucking Gunsmoke is so fucking boring. <laughs> I know. I, I I I think they're all equally boring. I was making a joke because yeah, I was yeah. pulling for a boring thing. And, and also, not not knowledge is my knowledge of this. Just that that's what was on uh, t- television. That's what was on Nickelodeon when I was trying to fall asleep, and I didn't really. Yeah. You know, what, what 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 other options are there for a kid? You know, it's the reason why I ended up watching like 50 episodes of coach. Yeah. Cause it was just on, you know, after Star Trek next generation on, you know, mm-hmm. on TV. Yeah. Uh, so coach. My, my, my knowledge of this is so not, much. my knowledge of this is not an endorsement, but it is, uh, it, it does help with general cultural awareness. Um, and nobody's making these references anymore. It's not, uh, it's not the yeah. currency, you know? Yeah. Just, just this, uh, just this one. Mm hmm. The uh, so Hank goes over uh, to the to Dermot's trailer, the trailer where all three of them apparently live. <laughs> um, grabs a flower from the flower bed and gives it to Nikki, uh, who comes to the door in a sl- slinky dress. Something that's not really remarked upon in this episode is Nikki is also being pretty gross. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. There's two two statutory rapes in this episode. Uh, I mean, uh, it de- it depends. How do you how do you gauge Hank's age in this? Because he's definitely sheltered and naive. She is taking advantage of him. Yeah, he has the mind of a child. He does. He um, was. He's serving bread balls. Yeah, he's serving bread balls. I I think that this is not necessarily in the up and up. I'm not trying to equate. No, the, no. The two crimes. It's just interesting that like Nikki Fichtel having sex with. It, it reminds me of like when you get those stories of a teacher having sex with a kid. Yeah. And if it was yeah. a male teacher and a female kid, everyone freaked out. But then there'd be a bunch of jokers on the internet when it was a lady teacher. It would be like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, Hell my yeah, my bro, friends would my my know, friends good. would high five me for being emotionally devastated by having a trusted adult abuse their power over me. Yeah, yeah, it reminds me of that. Like yeah. it, you know, it's a celebration for Hank. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and he may technically be eighteen. Yeah, but again, but I, he, I think Hank is forever like four. He, <laughs> um, yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, so so yeah, you know, she she is definitely she she is coming on to him here. Kind kind of has been, you know. Like and mm-hmm. uh, just the the fact that her uh, that 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 her brother, let's say, you know, has an end with the venture family must be uh, must be a huge deal for her, right? She's probably yeah. had designs on this for a while, uh, because Hank comes in and notices that uh, uh, the trailer here is full of Rusty Venture Show memorabilia. Uh, she was a huge mm-hmm. fan as a kid, and she kind of laughs and says, "Oh, you you know, you, you remind me of him, right?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and he and uh, Hank rejects this. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, no, 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 Dean is the one who's like my old man. I'm the black sheep. I'm trouble. And she goes, no, 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 you're not like him now. Mm-hmm. Like your dad's a scared little husband. You're like the old Rusty Venture. Cool and powerful, but trapped in the body of a young man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, one, one real quick note, the Rusty, mem- uh, Rusty Venture memorabilia here. Uh, it's mostly stuff left over from the museum, but they made a little Toy Fair magazine, mm-hmm. uh, which I used to collect. Oh, nice. Uh, so it was kind of nice to see. They were uh, big Venture Brothers things. That's where I first saw Venture Brothers toys. Oh, nice. Uh, when they announced them on that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's like, it sounds like you're trying to seduce me. Uh, this old Seamus can smell it when a chippy's pulling a flim flam. <laughs> uh, what are you hiding? I really like when she tries to take off his hat. He goes, not the hat. <laughs> uh, he's scared because he knows it won't work. Yep. <laughs> All of this goes away yep. if the hat goes. Yep. Um, and uh, she says, oh, I'm not hiding anything besides a huge crush on you. You know, Ankus had a crush on her uh, and, uh, and they kiss. And as mm-hmm. a as as any uh, film noir would, it pulls away. Yeah. Uh, Orpheus and Al uh, cast a spell to interrogate the Venture House key. Um, t- Tememetry? There's a, there's a word for this mm-hmm. when you're learning something about an object and its history. Yeah. Um, to learn the truth. And we get this scene that is like genuinely really upsetting. The, there are no, uh, there are no jokes here. This is, this is just drama no. that is played and it is, a, it is a very ser- serious situation. Uh, both Nikki and Dermot's mom are played by Kate McKinnon mm-hmm. before she kind of broke big, which yeah. is kind of cool. Uh, and I think this is a really emotionally complicated scene. Yes. Um, when this came uh, on the Slack, everyone was like condemning Dr. Venture and I condemn Dr. Venture as well. Yes. I think that James Urbaniak's performance in this is genuinely sympathetic. Yes. Like he, I think he comes across as really feeling and like they say in the book, they confirm what I get from the scene. Like he wants to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like he's not trying to ditch this girl. He got pregnant. Mm-hmm. No, you know, like he, he, he cares about her. Like he, he calls her Nichols. Like they have a pet name. Yes. And stuff like you know. he just, you know, uh, the mom is like, you know, this, this, uh, you got her pregnant. You cannot raise a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's 15 years old and he says like, did you expect me to Carter? She said she was 20. Mm-hmm. You know, she came on to me and things got out of hand. I'm not proud of this. Yeah. And I, I think that James Urbanek really sells it. He really does. You know? And the, you know, and the, 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 the mother rightful, you know, rightfully says, you know, like, okay, so that may be the case. It is still like awful and small and abuses of abusive of you. Um, you know, like how hard must it have been to, you know, to sleep with somebody who worships you? She's the president of your yeah. fan club, you know, yeah. like, and he's making an appeal like he wants to keep the you keep the uh, uh, lines of communication open. He wants to be involved. He tries to give her the, you know, the house key, like, come on, just this. Let, let's not have it end this way. And the mom steps in. No, this is not going to happen. I, she rightfully uh, you know, concludes that all Rusty will do is ruin, ruin her yeah. and, you know, ruin the kid. Uh, and so, and or Rusty says, well, we've got to, you know, let, let me, let, at least let me support this. So, you know, support the kid. She can't do, you know, do this alone. And I was like, oh no, you know, we're, we're going to sue you. you, you yeah. You're you, going to support the kid. Yeah. You've got all like, this money. You're going to pay for everything about this because if word gets out about you sleeping again with a literal child, um, yeah. th- th- that'll ruin you. So we're going to, you know, keep this out of the courts. You know, if you know it's good for you and you're going to pay for everything. And the mom navigates this very well, you know, and, yeah. you know, stands up. She is not this monster. She has stood up and, you know, done uh, the right thing here. Yeah. Is my, is my reckon on it. But, you know, it is not, uh, it, it, it is, it has contours to it that are helped by the performance. Yeah. It's, it's, it's slightly more complicated. Yeah. You know, than, than it initially seems, I think. Yeah. Like I, I am not into sex for children. No. Nope. Uh, I hope that should be obvious. I hate that as a trope. Uh, this is a really realistic, I think, 
kind of emotional betrayal of an accidental version of that. Mm -hmm. You know, like where I try to put myself in the same shoes. I'm very lucky in that I am attracted to people who are my age. Yeah. Peers. Um, yeah, peers. I do not find young women attractive. I see a 20 year old woman. I'm like, ah, scary. <laughs> uh, it doesn't do anything to my ding dong. If I were, uh, rusty venture mm-hmm. and just suck total ass and was way into, or like, you know, like 70% of the dudes on the planet yeah, who are way into 18 year old hard bodies mm-hmm. and somebody who looked like that, a fully developed body and told me they were 20, mm-hmm. what would I do? You know, would it, would in that, like, like when he says like, what I, was I supposed to check her ID, mm-hmm. you know, like, what would you do? Yeah. Like, well, it, you, it, you, it, you should have extracted yourself from the situation because of the power dynamic. Because the fan, di- yeah, yeah. That, that's, the, I mean, that's the big thing. <laughs> yeah. Putting myself in a situation where that wasn't the case. I mean, it's horrible. Like, like to, you know, to learn it's, that, it's, that is not like something you wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not something you went in, you had, you had false knowledge mm-hmm. of it. You know, you didn't, you didn't know what it was. And Rusty, the way that they, they humanize him in the series, I think, is that he, you know, his ego is his like tragic flaw uh, here. Mm-hmm. But him, you know, the idea that I can see the idea of Nikki being in the fan club, like those power dynamics are never going to occur to Rusty. No, no. This is just somebody who's into Rusty because he's full of extra greatness. Mm-hmm. You know, she sees in him what he sees in himself, finally. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it just, it, I have some sympathy. I have sympathy for everyone involved yeah. in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, even Hank, you know, as, as mentioned, I think it's yeah. weird that Hank got taken advantage of. I mean, just uh, this, I, this like almost as weird, you know, retaliation, uh, you know, against uh, against Rusty, who Nikki obviously has nothing but disdain for. She calls him a scared little has been. Right. And, yeah. you know, she hasn't been like hanging out with him to know that he was a scared little has been when she when, when she slept with him. Right. Yeah. She's, she saw the truth of it, you know, eventually. Well, she, I mean, after this, like during this scene, she really wants to. Oh, she's, to she's sobbing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. She's sobbing and it's, it's real sounding. They talk about it in uh, the book or in the commentary, how it's like genuinely really unnerving. Like mm-hmm. Kay McKinnon's really crying. Like it's, yeah. it, you know, it sells an emotionality to it. Like this is my mm-hmm. favorite scene in the episode. Yeah. Um, an episode I think is kind of light on laughs. Um, you know, and it's because it is really emotionally nuanced, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, more so than Chinatown. <laughs> like, you know, which it takes off, which I don't have an emotional attachment to any of those characters. Uh-huh. Like, I don't care about the people in Chinatown. They're uh, just there to look cool, you know, and say cool things. Like, that's it. Like, that's, that is the worst thing that noir can be to me is, is just people acting artificial and cool. Yeah. But there's no heart to it at all. Like, I don't, I don't feel like there's any heart to Casablanca. Yeah. I, like I watched that and it's a cold movie to me. Yeah. I, I could uh, extremely I, sterile. I could defend Chinatown, but I won't. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've seen, I've seen Chinatown a bunch of times. I mm-hmm. took a noir class, like in college, we watched it yeah. and stuff. I just don't, I, I, I do not find that to be a movie with a heart. Yeah. Um, and, and that is something that I need in, in media to emotionally connect with it. Mm-hmm. You know, something can, can get my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to get my heart, you need to have stuff like this. Yeah. No, uh, this the, the 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 this is sold really well by performances on uh, on all counts. James Urbaniak and yeah. Kate McKinnon do a do a really good job, and I can almost forgive her for Hillary singing Hallelujah. <laughs> I can't. Nope. Uh, I, I was going to say that this is I, really good. I said, I, you, I said almost. <laughs> yeah, I was going to continue and say like, but it's a shame that she dressed up as Hillary Clinton to sing Hallelujah. Yeah. No, she's after she's Saturday a, Night Live helped get Trump elected, and yeah, she's a CIA no. plant. 
I, I am absolutely yeah. sure now. Um, yeah. no, that's, no I, I'm, I'm halfway joking on that. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, but, you know, we make reference to, you know, Chinatown, uh, a big, big spoiler for this thing that everybody knows. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the, uh, basically the idea here is that, you know, is the same. The person who we thought was, uh, was, you know, somebody's sister is actually their, uh, their, their, their mother. Daughter. Right. Yeah. yeah. Also, also an ecstatic spoiler. <laughs> yeah. um weirdly enough it's a trope yeah it's a it's a trope here because mrs fictal uh who is actually dermot's grandmother um you know for appearances said you know we're gonna we're gonna raise the baby you know i'll raise the baby we'll say it's mine um you know we'll, you know we'll keep the secret we will make this work this family is going to stay together and we're gonna get through you know yeah. and nikki obviously isn't over it right you know where does she she sleeps with hank we're gonna find that out here um, he's, he's going to come by and admit it. And she is still like, you know, collecting the rusty venture ma- you know, materials and stuff. So, you mm-hmm. know, like there is a certain amount of like moving past this, but she's making her living off of the rusty venture show. Right. Yeah. And also yeah. sleeping with his son because he reminds her of the ideal version of him. So yeah, there are long lasting effects for this. Yeah. Yeah. Not the most gross thing, mm-hmm. but also gross. Yes. Um, the thing, uh, one of the, the, the ways in this, this episode like doesn't sell me emotionally is how everyone is so immediately and viscerally like to the point of vomiting repulsed by the idea of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's, it's, it was, it's wrong and weird that mm-hmm. this happened to Hank, but the idea of having sex with somebody who your dad had sex with, it's weird that like it, gives this react everyone has this reaction yeah everybody right. yeah it's like it's treated like incest mm-hmm. like it, it's it's the kind of reaction that you'd have if like you actually accidentally had sex with your sister or something yeah i think you that I, I, like it, i think that it is uh I, I don't know i think that if i was defending it i would say the the reaction is like okay it's not that he's sleeping with somebody that his dad slept with he is sleeping with the mother of his half-brother like there is, there is something pretty, there, there is something wrong, wrong about that. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, I, I can kind of see it. Mm-hmm. It just, the, the reaction is I can see Hank having the reaction more than everyone else being like, uh, I need to wash my brain. I wish I never knew that. Yeah. Like, you know, all of these people have dealt with way, way, way shit mm-hmm. than this, like on the regular, like the reaction doesn't read as earned mm. uh, from anybody other than Hank to me. Yeah. Um, so, so Al comes to Hank, gives him the house key saying he's off the, off the case. Hank's all disheveled. Uh, Al's like, well, what did Nikki say to you? And he's like, say nothing, <laughs> you know, but she did things to me that I didn't think were possible. That looker ran me through the yard and lambed off with my ticker, uh, you know, fucked him. And Al's like, God damn it. Take off the hat and talk normal. And Hank's like, I had sex. Like he's really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I had know, sex with a woman and nothing is going to be the same because of sex. <laughs> Uh, he grabs the key and there's still spell energy in it. Yeah. He didn't so he discharge gets to see it. A little fast forward of the scene. Yeah. <laughs> he gets all of that and it's a, it's a, it's a terrible uh, realization. He just immediately like, Oh gosh. And Al apologizes to him. You know, it, Hank needs to vomit and Al hands him the fedora. Uh, I love the line. I'm pretty sure that started all of this. So it deserves yeah. it. Uh, so Hank's going to get his memory wiped. Yep. You know, he, he needs to not know this. Um, he's like, Hey, can I keep this memory of having sex? And Charlie was like, no, you can't pick and choose is choose how far back. Yeah. It's like a neuralizer. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, the, uh, you know, Brock says like, no, you know, there's just some things people aren't meant to, aren't to know about themselves. And Al is like, well, I guess I'll have to do it because I've seen the Sphinx stuff. And Shor is like, nah, -uh, this is the second time you've seen the Sphinx HQ. <laughs> um, he's like, what? You mean you and me? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what happened? Oh, you got a little possessive. I mean, you dumped your boyfriend and tried to move in with me. <laughs> uh, and that, so Hank, Al never actually, his boyfriend did not dump him. He just thinks that. Yep. <laughs> uh, which is, which is fascinating. Yep. Uh, mind crimes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> revealing uh and also like why would you wipe so it just it, it's pretty cruel of surely to do that to a person oh, just sure. because they got a yeah. little clingy <laughs> i think i think the weird thing about i think part of the reason why this episode clings on me uh -huh. is that the the pregnancy reveal scene is so real and mature uh-huh that when we go back into venture brother zone i'm judging everything by the morals of like oh yeah the, the, that scene set right you know right. i can't i can't help but see monsterism everywhere now <laughs> Because they did a really realistic, no jokes allowed, <laughs> the drama monsterism scene. And now I'm like, yeah, that does suck that Shirley fucking did that. Yeah. No, oh, shit. A... It sucks they did it to the boys. Like erasing somebody's memory like that is a horrible violation. Mm -hmm. That's how you, you get know, dark phoenixes. Yeah. But, I mean, that, I mean, and, and also like, look what it's done to Billy, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah. Billy, Billy's had a horrible tragic life because of this shit. Mm -hmm. And it's these characters who I really like or love that are doing it, who are perpetrating it. Yeah, yeah. It just, it, do, you know? it doesn't line up with, uh, with, with what we know about Shirley, right? No. Who's a solid bro? Yeah. You know, it, it is, uh, it, yeah, it ends up making me feel morally weird about the episode and not in ways that it wants me to. Right. Like, right. I think that the, you know, the idea is you're just supposed to come away from this, like, oh man, Doc's pathetic. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's, and it's like, yeah, Doc is pathetic. Also, all these people are fucking monsters, <laughs> you know, when you, when they're held up against this kind of light. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, you know, they're, they're, they're monsters and it makes me feel bad for saying that I really like them, <laughs> you know, yeah, or, you know, like them based on past behavior, let's say. You, you can kind of see why they were so worried about this episode yeah. that, that unlocks it for me thinking about why they were worried with this episode, because it does uh, cast a different impression yeah. on things for me. Like it, it's, it's almost like Streisand affects all the monster to that's been happening. Right. Right. It, uh, it just, it, it's a different, is a, di a different light that shines on everything around it. Yeah. 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 Huh. Um, the, uh, so the, the, uh, Hank makes one last request. We're going to find out what that is. Uh, Brock starts the machine. He goes, you know, I got laid. He's very happy. Mm -hmm. And we get a great Patrick Warburton. You sure did Hank. <laughs> um, but the last request was to set, give him a video message mm -hmm. to himself. Yes. Um, you know, he, I knew you'd watch this because I label it Dean faceplant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I love how it turns into a conversation between past Hank and present mm -hmm. Hank. And he was like, oh, yeah, I labeled the Dean, Dean faceplant. Uh, present Hank says, oh, that's a great idea. And past Hank says, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so you trust me because I'm you and you're me. Right. Um, yeah. And you, you, you need to know, like, what you need to understand is, like, you lost your virginity. You can't know anything about it, but you have to keep that. All right. Yeah. Um, and then he, and then he does something that would be, uh, it'd be a, a, impossible to resist the temptation in this exact oh, yeah. situation to say, Oh, one last thing. And then to lean in the into the camera and say, get your ass to Mars. Yeah. I love that so much, <laughs> even though it, uh, so that's uh total recall mm -hmm. is what that's, that's referencing. Except, uh, one of the things I love about, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is how he's a horrible actor who can't deliver anything like a person. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I love the movie total recall. I've watched it dozens of times mm -hmm. um when he says it he's he's trying to add all his gravitas but he's still like yo get you as the mouth 
Like it still adds no confidence to it. Like it, it sounds like a mummy like dying or something. Uh-huh. Get you as the mouse. Get you as the mouse. And then they make it loop. It's so good. Uh, oh, that movie rules. I love this. Uh, this Dean Dean walks and he's covered in suit soot. <laughs> And Hank's like, how'd your summer go? He's, well, I may have seen my dreams of being a super scientist go up in flames, but I may have pulled my real dream out of the ashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Dean. Yep. Um, and D- he says, uh, he has dad around. He left New York without saying goodbye. And I love this ending as well. It's mm-hmm. such a fuck you. Um, <laughs> the portal opens with a uh, version of Rusty with hair, mm-hmm. who's like very strong with a question mark next to him. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That's it. <laughs> Uh, and we're going to see what happened to Hank or to Dean, uh, why he's covered mm-hmm. in soot. Yeah. 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 This, this, I like this episode a lot for like the lore stuff it does, mm-hmm. despite, you know, the, the little nitpicks I have. Um, it's not, it ends up being, I think that like when it comes to venture heart stuff, yeah. uh, a companion piece to this that is also lore, but I think has more emotional, uh, cleanness, I guess is the Halloween special. Yeah. Yeah. Like Dean's reaction to finding out about the clones and the Potter's field and like the tons of corpses buried there and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that feels more, it is also a high level existential hurt. Yes. And reaction that feels more in line with the show Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. I can, Um, I I like it a little bit more. I agree with you while still being generally warmer, uh, on the episode, uh, on, on, on the episode itself. Um, it's, it's funny, right? Because I think that like the conversation about what happens with Hank here is a little bit confused. Like, I don't think that it's a problem that Hank loses his virginity, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, like, yes, he is sheltered. Uh, yes, he is, he is childlike, but even sheltered childlike people need to go through the milestones of growing up, right? They've graduated Mm -hmm. high school part of this season and, you know, in general, and it's going to lean into this further is them, you know, stopping being the, you know, the, the, the boy adventurers being the, being the kids and, you know, learning how to be people, uh, you know, people in a world that is, you know, colliding with the real world, right. Their own little, uh, like warped version in the game, uh, as well. I think that, uh, the, you know, I would not get rid of that aspect of it. I think that that element is fine. It is the weird, like, you know, power dynamic thing that goes on that really like complicates it, um, for most yeah, people. I, I, I want Hank to lose his virginity. I don't want it to be with somebody who sees him as his dad's TV counterpart. Yeah. You know, uh, like the, the, the circumstances around it gross me out. Yeah. I am protective of the boys. I am protective of the boys. You know, like, yeah. I don't want bad things to uh, happen to them. Yeah. I don't want bad things to happen to them. I don't want people to take advantage of them because they're baby. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're exceedingly baby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they, they must be protected at all cost. Yeah. So, you know, and they're the only innocent characters on the show, <laughs> they really are like sincerely, like everyone's kind of a piece of trash, mm-hmm. uh, objectively, even when I love them, mm-hmm. like everyone is morally suspect except for the boys. Yeah. You know, so when something like this happens to one of the boys, it does feel a little bit queasy to me. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's a, it's a good episode for, and I don't want to make it sound like I don't like it. Like, I think you're a little warmer than I am. I'm still like, this is a B, this is above average. Mm-hmm. You know, this is good. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, it, it doesn't feel 100% clean to me, I guess. Yeah. Something that is coming around on me, uh, to a certain degree is that I've always been a Dean man, you know, when Mm -hmm. it comes between them, I, I, I I like his, uh, conflictedness on this watch Mm -hmm. and especially talking through it. I'm, I'm all in on Hank. 
um, if you're, I, if, you're if switching I'm your Hank build. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm Hank build. I just, I, I love any of the, any of the magic, any, you know, anything that has him, uh, kind of like living up to that, uh, season one line of, you know, it's like you, t- it's, it's like you're, you know, d- dead crazy people talk to you. Yeah, channeling. You know? Yeah, great. I, uh, I kind of went the opposite on this, this watch. Though. Oh yeah. Huh. I'm kind of more, more Hank, partly because I'm appreciating the voice performance more. Or more Dean. Huh? Yeah, Dean. Yeah, yeah. I was switching more Dean. Like that, the earnestness mm-hmm. is very sweet. And then when we get into season six and seven, uh, Hank gets a lot of stuff to do. Dean doesn't because Dean tries to quit. Yes. It's like the realization of the like what uh, Rusty thinks Hank is. Yes. You know, Dean Dean actually wants no part of that. I relate really hard. There's an episode in season seven or six, I think, where Dean's going to college classes and his teacher is the son of a, a supervillain. Mm-hmm. Uh, whichever episode that is, I have a lot of affection for him in that episode, like not being able to escape this shit yeah, um, and trying his hardest. And I think that season seven, which is like very, very Hank, like Dean's barely in that. Mm-hmm. It, I'm really happy we're getting a movie because I think yeah. they would have followed up on Dean stuff yeah. during the next season. And I want to see that. I want to see both characters have their, their completion, mm-hmm. you know, have their, uh, their kind of, their kind of climax. Yeah. Um, Hank is still funnier. Like Hank deliveries are incredible. <laughs> you know, he's just, I guess maybe it's just that he's less baby. Is my biological clock ticking? Is this me saying that I want to give birth to a baby Dean? I mean, I think it's, if, I think home? what you're saying is you just give birth to a, uh, to, to, to a 17 year old Dean who is really conflicted yeah. about his circumstances. <laughs> I, I'm just going to rename pocket Dean and that'll basically fix everything that's mixed up in front and side. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Little Hank and Dean instead of Jessica and pocket. <laughs> oh man. Uh, good stuff. Uh, next episode, we have a guest. We're going to be joined by Gwen Static, composer mm-hmm. of our excellent theme song and personal friend of the show. Yep. Uh, she's going to join us to talk about Bright Lights, Dean City, which has my favorite musical moment in the series. <laughs> uh, that, that That is, I love that song so much. So. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, mm-hmm. If you would like to support this show on the network, you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and uh, kick us a couple of bucks a month. You get uh, cool extra content and you help your boys. Indeed. And you want to help your boys. Uh, yeah. And you can also leave us ratings, reviews on Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict. Uh, and tell your friends. Please do. Uh, and until next time, go, go Team, team Venture. venture.